Welcome to the New Habits Podcast, where executives and MVPs from Microsoft Partners discuss the Microsoft Teams application and its use in enterprises. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third edition of the New Habits Podcast. I'm joined by my panel, Victor Velen, Wes Hackett, and Paul Schaeflein. Um, this week, we're going to be taking a look at uh, connectors and tabs, um, which are part of the extensibility model uh, for Microsoft Teams. But before we dive into that, what have you been doing this week, guys? Victor, where have you been? Actually, been in a full day workshop with a client today, uh, talking about Microsoft Teams, of course, and trying to get them to understand how they can use Microsoft Teams in in uh, their scenarios with their first line workers. So very interesting, very good discussions, uh, and hopefully some fruitful uh, cooperation with them going forward. How about you, Wes? What have you been doing? Um, I've Except been working writing with... Code. Oh, oh. <laughs> so cheeky. Um, so I've been uh, similar to Victor. I've been uh, knee deep um, with our customers, talking about the opportunities that Teams presents to provide a unifying surface for a number of their line of business applications. Um, so the sort of uh, building up an enterprise architecture model for how they can uh, bring several of their key. Uh, applications into one environment and imp- uh, allow their employee experience to improve. So you two have been taking it easy then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> much, much, much PowerPoint and whiteboarding. Yeah, I'm surprised that so few actually have seen all the extensibilities that we're going to talk, we talked about last time and talk, uh, still co- talking about today. Uh, they haven't seen those kind of things yet. So I'm sur- still surprised by that. So hopefully we get some more listeners to the pod than they, so they can learn more about what we, they can do with Teams. Absolutely. And how about you, Paul? What have you been doing this week? I have been surviving in the Arctic, formerly known as Chicago, (laughs) and uh, also dealing with uh, um, updating our products to uh, the latest bot framework. So lots heads down in code. And then some spare time helping out the SharePoint Saturday group do federated authentication to a service that's being unplugged. So it's been a kind of crazy long week. And it's only... Thursday, so not there yet. (laughs) Something to look forward to. So let's get back to um, the subject at hand, uh, Microsoft Teams connectors and tabs. So we know that uh, Microsoft have set up Teams as being the home, the central hub for productivity within organizations. So a place for um, Teams, as in the collective of people, to create content uh, and also consume their their know-how, which can live uh, within the Office 365 platform uh, or outside of it. Now, we know that for uh, any group of working people, um, Teams is a framework, but context is key. So where they may be uh, working on a piece of content together, they may need to um, refer to and use information in in third parties. So for example, an HR team updating a policy uh, may need some content from Workday. Perhaps a creative team working together may need some content from Adobe. So in Microsoft's uh, sort of platform design, these individuals should be working within Teams and they should be extending the Teams experience with connectors and tabs to bring in that third party content. 
beyond that, um, we can really understand connectors and tabs also as the point of customization for Teams. Um, it's really in that extensibility model rather than in the UI as with services such as uh, SharePoint. So with no further ado, let's pick up on uh, custom connectors. Uh, I know that when we were talking this through, Paul, um, uh, ahead of our uh, podcast today, um, you had some um, sort of experiences with connectors um, that, that might be quite good to kick us off. Perhaps give us an overview of what they are and when they might be used. Uh, certainly. So the most developers are probably uh, familiar with a concept called webhooks and connectors are very similar to that and the idea around that is two disparate systems uh, that are connect you know both on the internet one can send a message to the other that says something happened and in response to that something happening uh, the recipient can then do some type of action as they need and so we first saw these in the microsoft ecosystem as part of the office 365 groups and, and outlook and then uh, the classic example that I like to say people is, uh, you know, years ago, the SharePoint team had this technology where you use a certificate to authenticate and everyone created a certificate and they expired in two years. And then two years or one day later, the Internet broke because all the certificates expired. And so a great example would be, hey, why don't I have a system that wakes up in two, you know, one day before and sends a notice out that says, hey, go renew your certificates. And a connector is a concept that could do that, meaning this application that where a timer service would wake up and send a message. Well, how does that message get sent, right? I can obviously send an email message, but maybe I want to insert some information somewhere else. And so I can do that in in um, in Microsoft Teams. Uh, and Teams is not the only service who's doing this. Uh, all the services these days are doing webhooks as well. And now you can build on top of webhooks using things like Flow and If This Then That, right? So it's a, it's a quite common concept. And Microsoft Teams implementation on that lets me establish a connector to a channel. And so I can go into a channel and choose the option to add a connector and then there is a list of services in which I can subscribe. So we went on this, this, this connector as a subscription that says when something happens in a system, I would like a message to be posted into my channel. And so at a high level, that's the concept around connectors. Um, I do have some opinions about whether they're, they have the value on those, which we can get into. But in theory, that's generally what we're trying to do is uh, enable a system to notify the users in a channel that something yeah, is the important thing here, I think, is to, to understand that, as you said, it's a webhook and it's one direction. This, you can't post anything back to that one. So it's a system sending something to a channel, then uh, that channel, and you have to do something with it, but you cannot talk back to the system. So this is interesting in relation to uh, the last podcast we did on bots, because, of course, um, that allows for two-way conversations. So it is connectors a, a bit of a legacy way of doing things, would you say? I mean, I'm sure uh, many sort of um, individuals in decision-making development roles will be potentially pondering, do we use a connector for that or do we use a bot for that? Uh, are there any use cases you can think of where a, a connector is perfectly sufficient? I mean, perhaps for something like a Twitter stream, for example? 
Well, I think what you'll what is kind of like a maturity of of a an organization's use of these this this uh, notification type process. If if I have a bunch of people using GitHub and something happens in GitHub and I'd like to know about it, I can very easily connect a Microsoft Teams channel to GitHub and get notifications. And in so, the initial adoption of the technology, perhaps I don't need two-way communication, right? In this, in that scenario, if something happens in a GitHub repository, the humans involved need to do something, but probably not, I don't necessarily need to tell GitHub to go do something. So in that scenario, it makes sense that the notification happens in the channel and the humans in the channel can do what they need to do next. So that's, that's fine. Where it gets... Uh, as organizations say, well, that's useful that something has not happened, but now I need to instruct the system to do something else. As Victor was saying, that gets us into the, well, now I want to send data back to that system and, and a connector won't let me do that. So again, it's just that maturity. Uh, it's easy to get started, but it's a limited functionality, right? It, 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 there, there are other options to, to feed activity back into, uh, you know, as Paul says, there's there's other, other ways to get activity back into the Teams UI and UX. Um, which are more bi-directional and and make more sense to to an employee, um, but but you know a quick way of getting notifications is via those connectors, and I, I'm not I'm not 100% convinced you would choose that as your default today. I think you might think about you know using the team's extensibility to push into the activity stream. Um, or adaptive cards into a conversational, either a one-to-one or a team response. But it's it's certainly right it, as a as a one-way push. I mean, you saw the the SharePoint News has got a connector, so you can get news updates from the news feed of the associated team site. I mean, I think that's great if you if you've got a, a collaboration team that's up and running and and doing lots of news posts. But if you think about more of the corporate communications scenario where you're pushing, you want to a, a tenant-wide scrape of news from your news hubs pushed into Teams. Obviously, you know, the out-of-the-box one um, is a bit trickier to use, if not, I think, restrictive in that sense. So, the, yeah, they're, they're, they're good to solve a point use case, but I don't think it's something if you were looking at a holistic app design, as Paul was talking about last week, about, you know, the opportunity that bots bring to to be one-to-one, to be grouped, to be uh, notification-only type bots, that, that you would choose connectors over so that one approach. Thing that, that- for connectors, I think the, the simplicity with them is, is probably where they, they make a lot of sense. And I assume you already have an existing system that you have built or something using connectors. You don't need any specific technology or techniques to do that. It's a standard webhook. So it's very easy for you to implement that kind of notification feature into your existing app. But, and I know where, where you want to go, Paul, but assuming if we go down the bot route, there's something you need to host in the cloud since you need a bot service endpoint that you probably need to start from scratch if you have an, an, an existing application etc and if if mm. i don't have a developer handy a connector yeah. i can do using user interface it's a point and click interface and now a developer can make that a more rich experience or or we can obviously go into the hosting of a bot but yeah so i think that they have their place uh of course this <laughs> panel most of us would not go that route because we can just open up code and, and off we go but um, again and i think you'll see people use it as as we mentioned the sharepoint has a connector because sometimes that's all you want to have and and obviously i can tie in 
with Flow. And, and there are systems all over the internet that provide this webhook capability that you can just wire up without using any developer input. So there is some value there. I think it's just a case of what am I trying to accomplish and what if I'm using these services in which manner am I using them? And is it a one way or two way or, or, or is it humans or not humans? From an adoption perspective as well, I can well see that uh, you might use a connector to see if the presence of some information is useful to that working team. And if it is, you might then invest a little bit more to um, integrate it in a more rich way, like the using the bot framework that, that we discussed, because to your point, one is point and click, the other involves uh, resource, time, money. Uh, and so uh, perhaps it is a, a gateway to having um, that rich team's experience that's a center for productivity, um, but, but, you know, dipping the toe in the water rather than going full bore. So with that in mind, uh, if we think about um, the experience that we get uh, adding a tab within the Microsoft Teams experience, um, how does this measure up, Victor? So uh, the tab experience is something completely different. Uh, what we talked about last time, bots and now connectors, that's something you integrate into your conversation, the conversation of flow you have, whereas the tab is... Uh, Another experience within Microsoft Teams and next to we have the conversation files and the wiki and I think those are the three default ones when you create a team today. But tab is just another canvas within Microsoft Teams where you can host essentially any kind of application. Um, so it, it takes you, uh, it's still, you takes it to an application, but you're still in the context of Teams. So your application uh, can live in there. It can be any kind of application, could be your CRM system and whatnot, but it lives within a team and within the context of a team, but it's a separate application, but you have it in the same Teams context, so to say, yeah. So listeners of uh, the first podcast uh, might recall we talked about uh, adding a tab with that plus from uh, the top of the team in in our first session when we were talking about how um, third party products uh, can be surfaced uh, within the experience as well. Um, now, there are third party um, tools available out of the box, but it's worth also saying that um, files, stream videos, SharePoint pages can also be surfaced uh, in this tab, um, which I know strangely a lot of people aren't particularly aware of. Um, well, certainly Wes and I were on a call just two hours ago uh, with a customer that didn't realize you could surface SharePoint content in that way. So um, worth bearing that in mind. I guess the, the, the question um, uh, that might come to bear is uh, how we might make that experience a little bit richer, because um, going back to the connector scenario where we've got a third party product, we've got that content feed coming through. Um, what might we do um, to, to use that tab capability to deliver something perhaps a little bit more interactive? Well, I think there's... Um you know, there's there's a there's a preview at the moment of the the ability to produce tabs using the SharePoint framework, and I think that you know if you're a, if you're a design software designer at the moment, uh, you 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 look at a tab and you see a, a blank rectangle that you've got to fill, uh, in, in much the same way that you see on a page a web part which is a blank rectangle you've got to fill. So that conceptually you're starting from the same sort of point. Now the 
for me, the benefit of seeing this extensibility growing and the coordinated extensibility between the Teams team and the SharePoint team is that, you know, this unlocking of the capability to build once, deploy many places was always the holy grail of the whole office suite, right? It was supposed to be you build an application and it it can understand which surface area it's working on. So if you think about uh, building a SharePoint framework web part, you're not going to just lift and shift it to throw it into a Teams tab because it because it's in a different container. Um, you know the the Teams UI. You could potentially re, be rebranding, you know, reskinning it to to better blend with the Teams UI. But you could also, um, because you know it's running in Teams context, you, you're able to actually start thinking about. Um, tuning your experience because there won't be anything else around it. Whereas on a SharePoint page, of course, there could be web parts above, text, out the box stuff, custom stuff. You know, it's part of a mosaic experience. Whereas in a Teams tab, if you take that like for like, it is the only thing in the page. So you might need to embellish its its capabilities when it's in a tab experience. So, you know, the 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 tab when you think about building custom is is giving you, like I say, a blank sheet to start from and you can actually leverage stuff you've already built in web parts. I think it's very dangerous to just take a web part as is. I mean, I know I've seen some examples of this in the, you know, in the sort of um, community repos where someone's just taken a web part and made a few tweaks and said, hey, look, I've built a, a Teams tab, but you're not really leveraging the benefit of doing that engineering if you're not then taking into account that it's in a tab, it's on its own, it needs additional um, features to, to really come alive. And I want to point out again, we talked before how context is king, right? And so if I have a tab, which I add a tab to a channel, that channel has some functionality, some context, some reason for being. And that tab ideally would have content relevant to that group. And to tie this back to the connectors versus bots discussion, there is the capability in Microsoft Teams to call deep link a tab. So if I am aware that a tab exists and let's say I have a a help desk system, if there's a critical incident, I might want to send it to the on-call team, for example, right? If I have a bot and I've written the bot and I've written the tab and I understand that it's incident number one, two, three, I can create a conversational item with a link. When I click on the link, it navigates the team's client to that tab and it opens up incident one, two, three in the browser inside that tab. So the user gets exactly the information they need. They don't have to launch the browser, log in, click around, find the right appropriate information. So it really, while while that idea of taking reusing my code from one system to another is great and a developer can think that's great. I don't have to write it twice. Should you really be writing it twice? And the, you know, again, let's make humans more effective at doing their job let's use the pieces of the of the, of the service to get their job done that they need i think this really reduces the burden on um search as well you know we i can't think of a time where we haven't met with an organization that said god we really need to improve our search people can't find what they're looking for uh when they're trying to work uh whether that's tools or uh, a sharepoint page of content and the tab capability to, to your point, Paul, uh, allows us to say, well, in this group of people where we're trying to perform this function or complete this task, everything we need is here within our team um, using that uh, sort of tab capability, um, whether that's within the Office 365 platform or before. The thing um, that 
I, I think is quite interesting is the relationship then between uh, teams and the intranet. Because if you think about it, for a long time, we had the hierarchical, often SharePoint-based intranet in one place, team working in the other, and uh, an individual employee would be expected to work collaboratively in um, team sites, for example, uh, and then navigate away from that to go into uh, SharePoint to find that know-how, to find a tool that they were looking for. So um, thinking about the tab capability in Teams in relation to that, do we think we're seeing a, a much better defined um, uh, space for intranet and team working. Team working is more effective and it is bringing in content from the internet, but the internet is better defined as a body of knowledge. Or do you think we're seeing the blurring of boundaries between the two? Open question. So if I start, I actually had a similar discussion with the client today uh, uh, who are launching a new internet and see the capabilities of teams and see how do these mix together. And I think they mix together quite fine. Uh, you could actually uh, put a Teams context into your internet. You, and, and if we go back to the basic about tabs, tabs is a web page somewhere, hosted somewhere. It could be, as Wes mentioned, the SharePoint framework web part hosted in SharePoint. It could be something built on Sitecore, something built on WordPress and whatnot. So you, you, to start with, you could put your internet as a tab. Uh, that would be the simple solution. But what you could do is that you could leverage the context, that Paul, as Paul mentioned, and add that and, and filter out your internet and do whatever. So you make the internet, if you still have that internet, the portal page, uh, Teams or channel aware. So you can put that in, 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 the, in the same spot. And that way you have, for those people who prefer to work in a traditional way, or the people who, who prefer to work in, work in teams, they can still access the same kind of resources and same kind of information, but in different ways. Uh, I think that's one of the powers of this. Uh, so short term, I don't think intranets are going away. They will still be there and a lot of money spent on, on those. But I think as soon as we start using the capabilities we, we can do with tabs and being context aware of where the team and persons are actually working, we can make the intranets much more smarter. Wes, what are your thoughts? I know that you get asked about this a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I agree with, with all of Victor's points that the... the, the there's been a big shift for me in the last six months uh, since Ignite, really, when Microsoft did a, I hate, you know, you have to say they did a really good job of talking to the customer base and saying, hey, SharePoint intranet is ready for prime time. It's, it's everything your enterprise is going to need. Um, and it's straight out the box and you can get going with it. And what I saw is an immediate shift in, in customer behaviors in the sense of they were going right well let's let's roll these com site things out then let's get hubs up and running let's build intranet new pieces using just the microsoft kit and i think the the immediate shift once they started doing that is they suddenly could sort of relate to the the connection victor was just talking about which is oh i've got a pocket of um you know, marketing information, my brochures and sales kit that my sales team need. So I'm going to, you know, take that democratized creation. I'm going to go and spin up a comm site. I'm going to make it beautiful. I'm going to embed my, my, my pages with um, the PowerPoint cred deck. I'm going to put some video in there about a present, you know, presentation style that we adopt. And then 
every time we do a new new piece of um, marketing, we're going to add that page or that site as a tab to that particular team's experience. And what it's done is, in, in what I'm seeing on the on you know on the coalface is it's shaken up this idea of a hierarchical information architecture that a single team in the organization own. You know, we're not standing with a, a, a an overarching intranet team that owns every single aspect of every bit of content and it's highly polished and it's like an internal website. What we're now seeing is, well, Microsoft have taken care of making it look sexy, fast, loads of tools in there, you know, even countdown timers and some dev things like markdown files and stuff like that. We've got loads of widgets that we can put together to, to actually um, form these self-service intranet portals like we've never been able to do before. So it's, 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 it's changing the way that people now look at teams from a what, where does the intranet sit? Because what they're not saying is, oh, I'm putting the intranet in my team. What they're saying is I'm putting a page of information in my team that I need from that site. And I'm putting a page of information that I need from that site. And it's, and it's making, you know, as a, as someone that spends a lot of time with with the customers trying to sort of show them and reimagine the ways of working you know we saw the uh, ignite the the wave maker customer story around their new ways of working you know that this is this is something that many of the forward thinking organizations are s- stepping into they're saying we need to change the way that people work and you know intranets are just part of that they're a tiny little slither of the ecosystem for, for all the capabilities and teams is a good place to surface that it's a good place to service business data it's a good place to put their crm front end um so yeah i see i see quite a lot of change in the way that people are thinking about the relationship between collaboration and internet and if you know to be slightly controversial if you're being intellectually lazy what you're trying to do is go the other way you're trying to put all the features of teams on a sharepoint page and you know have chat chat parts and bundling all that kind of stuff into the SharePoint side. And, you know, that we've seen, we've seen a big scrabble for samples and stuff like that, which is, yeah, okay, let's take bits of teams and put them into, into other places, but it's actually the wrong way around. In my opinion, it's take the other places and put them into teams, make teams that single pane of glass alongside outlook that you get at all those content services via. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because you talk about resolving, um, or we have talked about resolving the challenge with um, individuals needing to know where lots of different types of content are, because using tabs, we can bring that content into context, into where we're working. Um, But it is the case that even that has to be thought about quite carefully, because um, certainly from the CIO perspective, if you want all of your client teams, for example, to uh, follow a particular internal process, but also use a certain tracking tool uh, and also consume content from the CRM, you could actually end up with many, many, many tabs um, as a, a a baseline requirement is set out, which is almost just as confusing as um, uh, as needing to go sort of scrabbling around the intranet for multiple tools or having multiple uh, windows open with these different tools in them. So um, how would you guys suggest uh, an organization makes sure they don't go too far uh, with a tabs experience and actually really just keep that quite tightly focused 
on 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 what that team uh, should be doing. In a way, I suppose it's the team's equivalent of the problem of having too many web parts on an intranet homepage, right? It, you sort of lose the point of it quite quickly. Yeah, but Paul Paul was absolutely right. He, you know, his comment around context. When you when you think about the number of tabs from a usability point of view, you know, you, you want to try and probably keep that to less than 10 tabs practically in each channel. I think then you've got to think about, okay, what, what does a channel equate to in that particular team? Therefore, what were the tools that that particular channel needs? Now, if you've got a generic biz, line of business tool, say, for example, a CRM platform, um, you might decide that actually, if that team represents your engagement with that customer, you only need to bind that to that team once. You might drop it in one single tab in the general channel. If you've got something, you know, a more complex scenario where those channels might represent the departments within a retail space and each department, as you know, as Victor was talking about some of his work this week, if you think about each retail department having a channel, the specificity of having the context on the tab for that intranet experience or the line of business experience understanding okay well you know we're the fresh foods department therefore we only need to see contextualized information to fresh foods and you can think about you know if you're building sharepoint communication site experiences that maybe talk about the products and you know we've got connected uh, data connected web parts now so you could put something with no visible interface but can understand you know maybe is just looking at the query string and seeing queries coming in with a filter on them your tab url sets up with the filter your sharepoint page understands that filter and might influence the other web parts on the page to give you just fresh food information so again thinking about the experience you you, you can be clever um, in, in the way that you build the combination of teams and um, the custom stuff on the SharePoint side. But, but you also, you do have these new paradigms of how do we keep the tabs to something sensible? And, and Paul's right, it's all about context. And the stuff he's doing at the moment in the product suite is all about, you know, making that usability a lot easier. It does depend who's in charge of the team, though, doesn't it? Because I'm reasonably certain that if uh, the people working in that group were responsible for their tabs, um, they would keep it quite tightly aligned to what it is they need. Whereas if that's being driven by uh, perhaps a, a CIO type role, they could end up with everything under the sun in there. Yeah, I've seen teams with every file attached as a tab. So we have 20 or 30 tabs, uh, but it's, I would say, regular housekeeping. It's depending on, on, once again, the context. I think that's super important. Right now, we're working on these kind of things. So have, have them pinned as tabs, and then you can remove them when you're done. Well, and I think we're seeing the same. It's the same thing we've seen in SharePoint space forever. There are some people who insist they're going to own the hierarchy and own the IA and they're going to dictate what people should do and it's going to have everything that could ever possibly be conceived. And there are some organizations that are going to let a team of people build what they need to get their job done. And I think that we saw that in SharePoint. We're going to see it in Teams as well. And I have no doubt that if a user has, you know, 50, 75 different favorites in their browser favorite bar, they're going to have 50 or 75 tabs in Teams unless someone tells them to stop, because that's how that's how the people are, are used to working. And and, under, you know, Teams is just another thing to them. It's the same thing and a different looks better. But it's incumbent upon, I guess, the technologists to implement this right and teach them, hey, this is here's what we're trying to accomplish, right? Focus, focus, focus. 
So where do we see the limitations of uh, the tab model? Certainly from my standpoint, by, I'm a huge fan of tabs in general. Um, they're uh, largely uh, idiot proof, um, which I'm very, very pleased about. It means people can pick it up almost immediately. Um, but uh, certainly for me, one frustration I have is not being able to have uh, multiple windows open at once. So if I need to consume two pieces of content at the same time and they're both in two different tabs, I can't do very much with that at the moment. I'm sort of going back and forward and I have heard on the grapevine that will be resolved soon. Um, but for now, it's a definite limitation. What do you guys get frustrated by? Well, before we go off on that, again, people may not know that if I create a tab, either as a developer in a manifest or even as user, there is the ability to give a, a web URL in addition to the tab URL so that there's a little icon that shows up on the upper right hand side to let me open the web page that's behind that tab, open it in a separate window, which would be your default browser. So it, that that's while while it's leaving Microsoft Teams, if you will, if, if I build this correctly and I've got the right context and the right URL you know, paramp queries as, as Wes was talking about, I can let you open that in a separate window and and view that information. So there's yet another thing that the developer should be asking users about and make sure I can accommodate. Yeah, for me, the most, uh, the major gap right now, going back to the first line working discussion I had today, they are probably using the, the mobile uh, app for Microsoft Teams and there's no uh, support for custom tabs right now, or it's only those specific specific ones by Microsoft that's allowed in the mobile app. And and the custom apps will just open up in Safari or whatever you have on your on your phone. And that, I think that's one of the, the bigger problems right now. But also, that's something that uh, is said to be on the roadmap, and I think it's a user voice, highly voted, et cetera. So I'm pretty sure they will resolve that, but that's one of the showstoppers right now for building tabs. I, I think my frustration with tabs is the way that the tab conversation interacts with the tab. So when you, you, uh, you know, for, for, for the listeners, that when you open a tab, you get the option to, in the top right-hand corner, click on the conversation window to bring a conversational thread alongside it. Now, that makes a wonderful sense when you're in the tab because it kind of only shows the conversation against that tab. But when you jump back to the conversations thread, you see that conversation in line with uh, the kind of threading as you go down. And I get quite frustrated because it's hard to filter filter those as you know, visually filter those as being against a piece of content or against a, a particular experience. I would like a better indicator. It's like, okay, this conversation has been happening against the SharePoint page tab because it's, you know, the process we're following and, you know, my colleagues are talking about step 15. I just see it as, you know, Wes and Susie of having a conversation about step 15, not Actually, it references the tab. It's a you know, it's a coloured box that just says SharePoint page or the tab name. Um, and and I I don't think the UX is very good for 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 seeing it in the main thread. It's great when it's in tab, but not in the main thread. Well, and how many users don't even know that they could pop out that conversation about a specific tab? Uh, so I you know, there's there's yet another gap in that people don't know that it's an, an option. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably true. We can also have uh, tabs in one-on-one -on -one chats as well, can't we? Which uh, I'm not sure how widely used that is, um, but certainly seems to be uh, less relevant for the one-on-one -on -one context and a hell of a lot more relevant for um, the, the, the group working. 
Well, on that point, Victor has a great scenario around that. Why don't you talk about the, your your demo bot that we were talking about last time? Yeah, exactly. So one of the demos I did the last time now it was European SharePoint Conference. Uh, I did a, a Teams application and uh, the tab specifically uh, where, where you can go in and add that tab and configure it and choose a client. And then you see different kind of incidents and cases you have with that client uh, and reading that from the CRM uh, solution. Uh, in this case, it was Dynamics 365. So that's one example of a tab you could create. This was a fairly simple web page or JavaScript, essentially reading stuff from Dynamics 365. That makes sense in in, in, in a channel, for instance. You might have your your uh, your client team that works with that client. You have one uh, channel called uh, Incidents and whatnot, and you have that tab in there, and you can have discussions about them. And going back to, to Paul's comment about deep linking, that's super interesting. You can actually start a conversation about that deep link and go back directly into to that specific incident in the tab. But that could also make sense in some scenarios where you actually have the you create a group conversation without having the team. You uh, we, you can just fire up the group conversation conversation around a specific incident or something like that and have that hosted as a tab there just for reference uh, or showing details about that incident. So you don't have to log into whatever system you have in in the back and so to say. Yeah, and then that effect there, of course, is that again rather than clutter the channel or get, you know, distract everybody in the team about something that that becomes more relevant to a subset of the team. And so the what it looks like a one on one really is the, the chat interface could be, a, you know, a cut, just a subset of the team. And tabs are certainly useful in there. And if there's maybe sensitive information you don't want to show in the context of a channel, you could certainly um, be aware of that as well. Okay, so are there any final thoughts on the uh, tabs and connectors capabilities? So uh, one thing that we could add about the, the basic stuff about tabs, and we said a couple of times, it's essentially a web page hosted somewhere. Uh, and uh, I suggest to many of my clients that that could actually be a good starting point on exploring the extensibility options with Microsoft Teams since it's, you can take any web page you have and, and you can actually make it context aware in, in just a few minutes. Uh, minutes within air quotes, of course, but it's essentially putting a JavaScript on that page so that page might be aware of what channel or team you're in. Uh, and that's a good starting point if you want to explore these possibilities of creating tabs. So essentially any kind of web application you have today put that in, in, in as a tab in a manifest and, and upload to your team. Yeah, and I, I, I see a, uh, another sort of t t approach to, to getting a customer up and running with this idea of a, a tab as a, as a sort of tool. You've got, <clears throat> you've got SharePoint modern sites. These communication sites are actually extremely good vessels to assemble uh, you know, line of business applications that are um, flexible because one of the, the things, um, you know, five, 10 years ago that we would build a website, it would be dedicated to a single use case. And then we'd build another website dedicated to another use case and another website dedicated to the use case. And eventually someone would say, well, actually, we're combining these three things into a process. Why don't we combine the application? Now, if you think about that ever-changing experience that your organization is going through, especially if you're sort of midway through a digital transformation program, trying things out and failing fast is actually a good cornerstone of that experience. And if you can build SharePoint-based web parts in, you know, we've got 
um, some, some, you know, later in the year, there'll be some exciting things in that space. But if you can build SharePoint web parts, and now that you can connect web parts together using those data connections, you can actually sort of build up a dashboard that's very flexible, can have uh, instructions embedded in it that, you know, as people become more familiar or you add features, you can change. And it gives you a user experience surface in that in that SharePoint modern page that you can inject as much custom web part infrastructure as you like and in, in embedding that simply as a tab with those web parts individually knowing that they're they're kind of you know with that query string approach you can actually tell them they're in a tab and pass some stuff it gives you another option to get is it worth us building a, a, a tab that's completely teams aware you know, if we, it, as a as a sort of life cycle from sketch on a notepad right way through to you know full fledged. So one thing that you mentioned SharePoint framework a couple of times, we talk about how easy it is to take a web part and, and create into a tab, and which is in in the the plus beta version of SharePoint framework right now, and hopefully be GA'd soon. Uh, so West Paul, Susie, what? To give some recommendations to our listeners, should you build, uh, should that be your go-to target using SharePoint Framework to build your tabs? And why should you do that? And when should you not do that? It depends. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, the guy that the guy that's this pure play developer says it depends. So obviously, you know, it really must. I, I think. I think. Um, Paul is right. It does. It does definitely depend on on where you're starting from. If you were, if you were thinking about um, the surface area of what you're trying to do, if it's something simple, and uh, you would have, you know, if Teams didn't exist, you would have built a web part on a on a SharePoint page. Then absolutely, jump down the SharePoint framework route because you're getting getting a familiar experience that you can then leverage in Teams. So you know your front end code is the same. Your um, you know, if you're going down the route of connecting to third-party APIs or the Microsoft Graph, you know, obviously SharePoint sort of abstracting and giving you that shared login um, to the platform. You know, a lot of the stuff that used to trip us up as developers around sign-on, single sign-on, authentication, the pain of not having a, a valid token after after an hour and a half, you know, the, the framework is going to take care of all of that sort of behind the scenes. Um so you can get up and running quickly. I think the flip side is if you if you're trying to do something that really has either a massive existing inf- infrastructure, uh, you know, that it needs to leverage behind the scenes. Do you want SharePoint sort of being the intermediary, or do you just want to jump on that existing web web platform? You know, if you're if you're doing 50% of the job outside of Teams in that pl- platform, then, you know, just bolting on the Teams experience on the side is is okay and probably, be- you know, best leveraging your web infrastructure. But, that, you know, that's that's kind of how I would land on one decision side or the other. For the technologists, they're going to love it because I can get hosting for free. You know, I, I put things in SharePoint and, and they'll take care of a lot of that for me. But uh, as I'm sure, no surprise, it comes back to what are these humans trying to accomplish? And if what they're trying to do is a system that's not in Office 365 or it's not in the Microsoft Cloud, it's in some other place. Well, then maybe it makes more sense for you to have a service layer that you host yourself and you're calling your service layer instead of Microsoft Graph. And then you might as well host your UI at the same place as you host your API and so on. So I think that um, uh, legacy line of business type 
solutions are not going to be hosted in SharePoint and those that are just point solutions on top of something that people are already doing. And let's face it, there are many, many, many departments who built a solution on SharePoint because that was a tool they were given. So there is certainly is going to be the opportunity there. But I think uh, it's coming upon us developers to make sure we understand the best choice. Okay, so it's probably a good time just to do a little plug for the uh, Microsoft uh, SharePoint conference that's taking place uh, this May in Vegas. Uh, if you're not already going, you can catch uh, myself, Wes, Paul and Victor speaking. Um, Wes will be uh, leading a session on taking community management to the next level with AI, an absolute must attend. Um, if you're trying to understand uh, the ways in which AI can support applications like uh, Yammer and Teams Community Managers. Um, Wes and myself will be running a session on how to adopt SharePoint OneDrive and Teams. I know we spent a lot of time today talking about how important context is uh, and we're going to be, uh, Wes and I, talking about how um, employees can be um, given a framework through which to understand how their context uh, relates to uh, the technology. Uh, Paul will be speaking on uh, developing SharePoint framework solutions for the enterprise uh, alongside Eric Schups, and he'll also be running a session on the fundamentals of Teams app development. That's why he's so opinionated, people. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Victor uh, will also be speaking on um, bu building full page experiences uh, in SharePoint Online. So all very, very interesting sessions that I think uh, people will get a lot of benefit from. Um, if you haven't yet booked your ticket, but you're about to because that plug was awesome, um, when you book your ticket, uh, either use Shafeline, Hackett or Dean in your code and you will get $50 off your ticket. We're not going to say uh, use VLAN because people have already used his, um, <laughs> but you can use the rest of ours. Well, let's be honest, who's going to figure out how to spell Shafeline when they can just yeah. type in Dean? So yeah. I've already given up the ghost. <laughs> yes, whereas Dean, D-E-A-N, four letters. Don't forget it. Thank okay, thank you everybody for listening and speak to you soon. Bye. Cheers. The New Habits Podcast is produced by Adam365. Thank you to Victor Villain for participating. Please leave a review in iTunes along with a five-star rating. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening.